Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So glad to have you here with us on this Friday, November 10th. 2023 game day is here duke basketball will take on arizona a little bit later tonight from inside cameron indoor stadium expecting a really exciting game between these two teams locked on blue devils of course is your one-stop shop for all things duke athletics got a big football game tomorrow duke and north carolina from chapel hill what will happen in that game make sure you follow and watch that game and we'll talk about it all next week here on locked on blue devils Follow us on X at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm there as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow the YouTube page. Subscribe to our channel to watch the show each and every day. Let us know if you're an everydayer out there. Your support means so much. But it's basketball today, and it's our good pal, Brendan Marks of The Athletic. Long overdue. Glad to have him back here with us. And we were just talking, Brendan. This is truly the perfect time of year. We've got a premier non-conference home-and-home game that we're going to see a little bit later uh, as Duke gets set to take on Arizona. Thanks for being here today, Brendan. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. No, I uh, am very, very glad that this matchup is happening, and uh, you know, hopefully it's an incentive for other coaches around the country to schedule some similarly interesting early season home-and-home series in the next couple of years. Do you think that will be the case? I mean, we're always talking about conference realignment in the sport at large and what the NCAA tournament field looks like at the end of the year. Is this a sign of things to come? What is this truly as we see this uh, matchup kind of kick off, tip off later tonight? Yeah, that's actually something that myself and a couple of other reporters were, were talking with John Shire about yesterday and asking, you know, basically, is this a sign of things to come? How much of a rarity is this? And as much as I would love to see this become the norm, and there are a couple of good ones coming up. Obviously, this one, Duke and North, uh, North Carolina and Kansas have renewed their series. Uh, that's going to start next season. So there are a couple, but at, not at the marquee level like we're seeing with this one. And, and next year, obviously, with North Carolina and Kansas, there are a couple of things working against it. One, when you look at the way a schedule breaks down, so in a case of Duke, You've already got 20 games allocated, 20 ACC games. Um, that's that's more than half your schedule. <laughs> so you've only got limited room there. Then you're also talking about, for Duke's purposes, you're going to have uh, the ACC-SEC Challenge. You're also going to have the Champions Classic every year. That's two more opportunities. Basically, it whittles you down to where you've only got like six non-conference games a year. And obviously, you want some of those to be against teams where you can work out some kinks, so to speak, um, and to say so in a, in a respectful way to those other teams. It really doesn't leave you a lot of leeway, but John Shire did say he's committed to trying to make these, you know, regular home and home series something that he incorporates into schedule moving forward. Um, sounds like Duke is currently working on potentially the next iteration of a home and home, but that would be starting in the 25, 26 season. So again, it takes a couple of years out to plan them. Um, but I do think sort of with the, this is going to be the first great college basketball game of the season. I think that there are going to be more coaches who want to be a part of that. So I hope it's something we see more of moving forward. Yeah, because we've really only seen it in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. This year you've got the SEC and ACC, uh, their partnership getting started. Duke, of course, that trip to Fayetteville at the end of the month, which should be a really fun game uh, between Duke and Arkansas. But, yeah, anytime we get to see more of these, I think it's got to be good for the sport. I mean, you're talking about – 
people that rarely get to see Arizona play inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, next year, think about all the, the West Coast fans that might love that Duke program and have seen it for years and years and years, and they're going to get to see them play um, there at Arizona. So big, big for the sport and that sort of thing. So when we look at the game itself tonight, obviously a big one at hand between these two teams. Mark Mitchell is a player that uh, has such a big impact on what Duke wants to do. Similar vibe to Tennessee a year ago, Brendan, where didn't really know that he wasn't going to be available for Duke in the NCAA tournament. I felt that way certainly on Monday in the season opener. Starting lineups are announced. Mark Mitchell's not – what's going on here? Well, wow, didn't see that one coming. So uh, kind of where are we at in his uh, injury update? Yeah, so you know, luckily it's a sprained ankle. Uh, it's nothing, nothing more serious than that. Right. It's not something that hopefully is going to link. You know, knock on wood, not something that's going to linger for a very long time. Um, and actually, talking to Kyle Filipowski and Tyrese Proctor, they said that they had an idea that he was kind of on the fence going in, comparatively versus Tennessee. I think that caught just about everybody off guard. Um, I mean, I remember being at that Tennessee game and the assistant coaches, you know, walking by pregame and. I don't, I don't even know if they were entirely sure at that point that that, that was not going to happen. So it sounds like it is going to be a game-time decision, but from everything that John Shire said, um, he said, you know, Mark practiced on Wednesday. Basically, whatever happened in practice yesterday was going to be the determiner. He's going to go through a workout pregame. I am expecting him to play. I'm expecting that he's going to be out there. I asked Tyrese Proctor and Kyle Filipowski, you know, what is the biggest thing that you're going to be missing if Mark can't go? And Tyrese cut me off and said, Mark's going. So uh, <laughs> uh, I tend to I tend to uh, trust those guys. It sounds like they have a pretty good idea. And I'm sure after missing the game on Monday, he's he's chomping at the bit to get out there against Arizona. Yeah, just a little indicator that uh, our, our buddy Connor O'Neill pointed out to me earlier in the week on the show was, was simply that, hey, Mark didn't have a boot on. Like we haven't really seen – it doesn't seem to be that severe of an ankle sprain to your point as well. So a big game like this, I'm sure he wants to be out there playing. Yeah. And you know, like, am I expecting him to suddenly play 30 minutes? No. (laughs) Like I think, I think he's going to be eased back in for sure. And so um, even if he is able to go, and again, I'm expecting him to, there are going to be some different lineup combinations and different guys who are going to be relied upon probably more than was anticipated were Mark fully healthy. Yeah, no doubt about that. Excited to see this game unfold a little bit later tonight. We'll talk about some of the key matchups, what to watch, and more after we take our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available for U.S. customers. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, alongside Brendan Marks, I'm JJ Jackson. So let's talk about it. This Duke team, we've seen them play one game. Same with Arizona. One game done for them. Uh, they won handedly. I think it was one point away from a school record in terms of margin of victory. What are kind of the big matchups? What are you looking at when you look at these two teams, Brendan? Yeah, well, especially given Mark's status, I think you got to look at what Duke does in the front court to combat. I'm sure, I'm, I hope I'm not butchering his name, but Omar Balo. I mean, he's one of the better big men in the country um, and somebody who definitely has the size that, like, when you were looking at this Duke team coming into the season, these are the kind of guys that you were worried about. Guys who were legitimate, conventional, back-to-the-basket big men who had the size to give Kyle Filipowski problems. Obviously, Kyle has the length to where he can be competitive against guys, but going up against someone who has the bulk, I mean, I think Balo's listed at like 7 feet, 260. Um, you know, like, not that Kyle's small or lean by any means, but how Duke tries to defend him, Kyle, like, you can't afford for Kyle to get into foul trouble, so... Do you give Ryan Young time? Is Ryan Young going to be able to compete with him physically? Does Christian Reeves maybe even see some time? You know, Christian Reeves played limited minutes last year, obviously. But, you know, for me, I keep thinking back to when Duke played Purdue early in the year last year. Christian Reeves actually was was fairly decent against Zach Eady on the defensive side of things, not offensively, but just gave him the physicality that Eady you know, doesn't really see for most teams. So I wouldn't be shocked if Christian Reeves got in there. That's one that, I, that I'm certainly watching for, uh, how Duke sort of manages and, and mitigates the foul situation that I see presenting there. And then obviously in the backcourt, um, a familiar face is coming to town in Caleb Love, who's coming back to Cameron Indoor. He's going to be in a different role. Um, but how Duke's perimeter matches up with him, uh, Caleb Love is not the only guard there. Kylan Boswell's terrific. Jalen Bradley comes uh, from Alabama, you know, like they have guys there in terms of depth, like that's Duke's biggest advantage this season is they have backcourt depth. Arizona has the same. So those are the two that I'm really watching for. Um, and, and then I'm kind of interested to see how they play out. What did you see on the defensive end of the floor from the Duke backcourt in that opener earlier in the week? And, and kind of what are you expecting to see out of those guards led by Proctor and Roach? Yeah, well, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Tyrese Proctor is used defensively because to me he is Duke's best perimeter defender um you know in the backcourt talking about real perimeter guys like Mark Mitchell I think is Duke's best overall defender I think he does you know reasonably he could guard one through five um but in terms of backcourt perimeter defenders I, t yeah. I think Tyrese is clearly their best point of attack defender he's got the length to make things difficult for people not the most athletic guy um but like, I think he is probably someone who's going to see a lot of Caleb. Like, I think that's going to be a matchup I'm expecting to see a lot of just because uh, Caleb does have the size. And so Caleb's, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, so I think Tyrese is obviously someone who made tremendous defensive strides the back half of last year. I still think that on the whole, Duke's defensive communication is a work in progress. Um, it definitely was in their exhibition, uh, especially early on against Dartmouth. They went on that dominant run towards the end of the first half, second half. Obviously, things were not competitive. 
but but I'm looking to see how the communication works. Um, and especially, you know, with Tyrese, with some of those different guards, Jared McCain has got to be um, a little more careful than he was in the first game. Can't foul out. John Shire said he, Jared told him that he'd never fouled out in a game before. And John was like, you sure about that? <laughs> um, but so those guys are going to have their hands full. Arizona, you know, Duke has some of the best guards in the country, but Arizona is right there in that conversation, too. Excited to see this in the backcourt particular because Arizona's certainly got some players. Caleb Love coming back and the memories I'm sure that he has playing inside Cameron Indoor. The Duke team, the guards in particular, having played him last season. Uh, That's just going to be really fun to see all of this unfold. And we've gone quite a bit of time, Brendan, without even talking about Kyle Filipowski uh, and the dominant debut that he had to his sophomore season. We mentioned Balu on the offensive and defensive end of the floor for Arizona. What about Flip? He's certainly going to play a role in this matchup. He sure is. And and so that's the balance for John Shire is like on offense. And I think we saw probably less of this than we would have had Mark been able to go. That's the difference okay. with, with Mark versus Ryan Young. When, when Mark is in the game, Duke conceivably can, and I would argue should, play a significant amount of five-out offense. Um, they've, they can do some of that with Ryan young. They did some of that with Ryan young last year, used him as a screener, used him in DHO, you know, situations, let him roll. That's where he's strongest. Um, but when you have Mark Mitchell out there with Filipowski at the five, you're going to drag Balo out. You're going to, um, cause if he doesn't, then at that point, you're talking about a situation where you're going to have a perimeter mismatch. So it's what can Duke do there to drag him out of the lane. I think Kyle that's one of the things, not just in this game, but for the rest of the season, it's looking to see, okay, how can you use Kyle uh, to to pull some of those big men out of the paint, both so that you can create those, those backdoor cutting lanes for some of your guards, for some of your other perimeter players, uh, but also so that Kyle gets some of those mismatches. You know, there's not a lot of bigs in the country who are going to be able to defend him out on the wing like that. So certainly it's going to be a fine line though, because while you want him to be able to do that on the offensive end, defensively, he is going to be asked to be on the inside. And so, how aggressive can he be without drawing some of those offensive fouls? Cause defensively he's already going to be put in compromising situations. Um, so it's a, it's a careful line, but obviously like he was terrific in the first game. He's going to be terrific all year. The fact that, you know, something he did say this week that I thought was interesting was um, he, he called his recovery graceful this week. Um, he said, I was recovering gracefully. And I think that, you know, we talked so much about the hip procedure he had this off season. We couldn't know what a, a real game was going to do to him in that sense. It seems like, again, early returns, one game, not necessarily exerting himself to the level he's going to on Friday or today. Like I'm interested to see how the hips continue to pay dividends for him moving forward. Yeah. I really hadn't even thought about the recovery element to it, but that is such a good point. You want to be able to turn over game after game after game and still feel like your better self more. So when you talk about, two hip flip, new hip flip, all the fun things uh, that are out there in regards to him. I I was talking, hey, last year, this guy had 19 dunks the entire season. Already had four in the first, just the simple act of being a little more explosive. We saw that baseline drive uh, and countdown where he kind of hammered it home towards the end of it. Uh, Playing above the rim, I think, will be something you see a little bit more of from Filipowski this season. Yeah, for sure. And, like, let's not forget, like – he he was brought in last year to be a power forward, right? Like you yeah. knew Derek Lively was there. He's a seven-foot power forward, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that that's the role he was asked to fill. Now that he's going to be getting more opportunities and more minutes at the five, I, I certainly think in combination with the hips, 
It's going to give them a lot more opportunities to play above the rim, going to give them a lot more pick and roll opportunities. We still haven't probably seen the best of him as a pick and roll roller yet. Um, so that's another thing to be watching for. And, and, you know, listen, we can talk about him in a vacuum independently too. The fact that he has Tyrese Proctor, who I think is one of the best pick and roll guards in the country, feeding him the ball in those looks. Some of the passes we saw even in the first game. Like I mean, <laughs> you know, go, you know, him being able to hit some of those, you know, behind the back, no look passes where it flips a foot from the basket. Like, that's that is the thing that Duke can do that there's not a lot of teams in the country who can match that. Well, let's keep talking about this Duke basketball team. Big game tonight against Arizona, but even beyond that, the schedule pretty fun the way it sets up over the next few weeks. And we'll discuss that more with Brendan Marks after we take our final time out here on today's show. Jace Medical is another proud presenting sponsor here of Locked on Blue Devils. And you and I spend a lot of time talking together. We're fired up about wins and losses who starts and who sits, and I'm very thankful for the connection that we have. But today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited yet by yet another supply shortage, you're covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Their life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics like Viagra and others are available prescriptions that you can find. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am very thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone, end quote. If you or someone you love needs some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Also remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. Again, promo code LOCKEDON at jacemedical.com for $20 off your purchase. Jace Medical is a proud sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. All right, let's wrap things up here today on the podcast. Alongside Brendan Marks, I'm JJ Jackson. The Athletic is where you need to be. Tell us about some of the stories, profiles you've done recently. Uh, you could find stories, I'm sure, about the games to come, but also able to go back and see some of the summer work that you put in covering this Duke basketball program, Brendan. Kind of plug some of the work you've done recently. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you know, all my stuff goes up at theathletic.com. If you haven't checked this out, highly, highly recommend doing so. You get my stuff on Duke. You also get the rest of our college basketball team. You get MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA. You get every major sport in the world. So I'm biased, but I think we have the best sports writing staff in the, in the whole world. And then in terms of Duke coverage coming down the pipe, I've actually already filed two Duke stories that I've been working on for a little while. Um, one of those I think is supposed to go here in the next week or so, probably another one around Thanksgiving. But, uh, you know, the summer gives me the opportunity to dig into things that we don't really have the time for during the season. So I'm excited for, for some of those to finally see the light of day. And like I said, hopefully it should be in the next week or two. All right. So Arizona tonight, Tuesday, Duke takes on Michigan State in the Champions Classic they're in Chicago as we'll roll the schedule coming up for Duke across the bottom of the screen for those watching us here on YouTube. I mean, where are we at with this Duke team early in the year? A couple of big tests before you see ACC play really kick up and going once we turn into the new year. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, these these two, it's it's so funny because last year you had PK-85 and you knew that Duke was going to get a little bit of a warm-up before it got to the opportunity. Obviously played Kansas early on, but knew there was going to be a little bit of a warm-up. And it's the opposite this year where these are the marquee, you know, non-conference games. Then there's going to be uh, some more stuff at home. Duke's got an MTV event that they're hosting this year. Um, but then you, you know, there's the Arkansas game and then boom, like that's it. You know, you got Baylor in December, but it's not nearly as – much of a buildup, you know, it's right. right now. And then it's again. So, you know, I think we're going to learn a lot about Duke in this next week or so. I really do. I think the Arizona game, especially the fact that it's at home, the fact that it may be, you know, Mark Mitchell, uh, even if he does play, like I said, I'm not expecting that he's going to play 35 minutes or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how Duke and how John Shire handle actually having expectations thrust upon them, you know, for most of last year, up until the end of the season, when they were on that 10 game run. This was a Duke team that I think was largely forgotten about. You know, John was the storyline and the actual team itself, maybe not so much. Um, got absolutely clobbered by Purdue, obviously lost to Kansas, like didn't necessarily have that, you know, start of season that I think a lot of Duke fans are accustomed to seeing. So how do you handle that? You know, John Shire still has never lost in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Does that change tonight? Um, I think it's a real opportunity for us to learn probably, probably tonight more so than the Michigan State game just what this team is made of. And if they get through both of these games with, with victories, then I think you're talking about validation that yes, this is a national title team, not saying that if they lose either of these games or both of these games that they're not. um, But that I think would really cement them as a season long front learner and sort of validate the fact that, listen, these guys know there's a target on their back and it didn't really matter. They were able to get the wins anyways. Talking about the, uh, the guys we don't necessarily know just yet, those freshmen in particular, like, these premier games are when you really get to, all right, the lights are shining way brighter than they did for a game against Dartmouth or, you know, later down a a school like Hofstra or Queens, who's going to be on the Duke schedule. These are the moments uh, that you're certainly looking for. Jared McCain, we mentioned his performance a little bit ago. Caleb Foster, 15 points off the bench in his debut. I mean, talk about the guards and those young freshmen, if you will, Brendan, kind of the opportunity for them to really shine we know that we're around this program a lot, but the basketball world will certainly get to know some of these Duke players more so. Yeah, for sure. And like, there's opportunity there, you know, like Jared McCain obviously started probably, you know, uh, had had some foul trouble, probably didn't have the game that he wanted to have in the opener. And Caleb Foster took advantage. Like that's the benefit of having five guard, five-star guards coming off the bench. And, you know, I think Sean Stewart's a guy we haven't mentioned yet. Um, crazy athlete, one of the better athletes on the team. If Mark Mitchell can't go, like, is there more of an opportunity for him than there might have been? I think so. So, you know, TJ Power obviously brings a three-point shooting threat. Like, where does he sort of fit into the rotation altogether? So there, there are opportunities here. The other thing, though, I will say, just to, you know, not to be a downer, but you've also got to be cautious about not overreacting to some freshman performances here. And the guy who I come back to is Trevor Keels. Trevor Keels plays against Kentucky a couple of years ago, had 23, 28 points, looked like, you know, he was going to be one of the breakout stars of the season. And in hindsight, that was the high watermark of his entire Duke career was that game. You know, it was kind of a, a steady decline from there, unfortunately, with a couple of, you know, high points mixed in. So you want to make sure that while we are going to learn something about these guys, uh, we, we have to take it in some context. And I think that that's going to be the important thing to suss out too. But no, I'm very excited to see how, you know, especially Jared and Caleb look against Arizona's guards because that's a that's a way to mature you and season you in college basketball real fast. All right, so as we wrap up and we look at the state of the program, we've seen um, 
the signing day portion come and go. We've seen four players turn their letter of intents already, and Isaiah Evans has announced kind of a signing day ceremony at his school come Monday. So all five in the books. Cooper Flag has officially told the world and put it pen to paper that he will be a Duke Blue Devil. Our, our program's loyalists, the everydayers out there with Locked On Blue Devils, can recall earlier this summer after you were seeing Cooper Flag playing Peach Jam, you were planting your flag on the type of player that he could be at the next level, Brendan. Duke now knows he's going to be wearing those four letters across the chest. What does that mean for the program? Oh, it's huge. I mean, he's the best player. for my, In my opinion, he's the best player in high school basketball. I think right now he's more impactful than Cam Boozer. Um, A.J. DeBonso is the other guy that I put in that conversation who is, is probably a better three-level scorer than Cooper right now. But uh, I, I, for as good as Derek Lively was defensively, for as much of a unicorn as he was, so is Cooper. I mean, he is a true defensive unicorn. Uh, you know, so much has been made about his scoring and his rebounding. Like the block shots to me are crazy. And what's what's so crazy about them is not just that he's getting these blocks. It's that it's not that he's sitting back. It's not that he's doing it as a help defender. It's not that it's floaters that he's, you know, coming up. He is blocking shots from behind the three-point line all the way to the rim as a primary defender. And his timing is exceptional. Like he's going to be a star. And if you look at the rest of John Shire's class, it's all right. They were constructed with Cooper flag in mind. Yeah, It was, you are going to come here and you're going to be a shooter and you're going to be playing off of this guy. And so for him to finally make it official uh, to solidify that he's going to be there, you know, again, uh, national letters of intent are one thing. They don't mean as much as they used to. You can still ask out of those as Duke saw this off season. Um, that is a situation that I don't think Duke is fully passed with this class yet. I would just say, I think that's something to be aware of. Um, but yeah, to already have so many guys in the fold who fit so well around Cooper, to still VJ Edgecombe still in the picture, um, you know, I, I would expect some news on him to come out at some point here. But uh, it's a situation where where Duke like is going to be losing this one core, and John Shire's proven like, all right, we're not drop, we're not dropping off. Um, yeah. Even though he's only going to have Cooper for nine months, like flag immediately makes them contenders again. Um, he just he he's a special player, one of the best players i've ever seen for somebody his age it's wild yeah they're called cameron crazies for a reason there's no slowing down it's pure passion and joy it's always looking ahead to what's to come they run a million miles an hour and yet somehow some way john shire seems to run a little bit quicker than this fan base and i say that to say brendan great these letter of intents have come in now all of a sudden the boozer twins are on hand this weekend for an official visit looking at tonight's game with duke and arizona the guy just doesn't slow down. It's like, okay, what's the next kind of premier player that we can host and hopefully ultimately end up with a commitment? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he has shown now a strategy of doing this, of getting ahead, and that enables him to get ahead in the next class. You know, with 24 basically locked yeah. with 24 basically locked up, he gets to start on 25 earlier than people who are going to be recruiting 24s all the way up to April or whatever. You know, he's he's got that benefit of doing that by locking this up early and He's now done this two, three years in a row. So it's become a cycle where, where that has led to success and continues to yield success. So, yeah, and the boozers, I mean, I, I say that Cooper's a better player than Cam. That's like, you know, splitting hairs. That's like saying which Ferrari is faster. Um, you know, they're both ridiculous. But um, 
Cam is more of a physical freak of nature for his age, for his like his size right now. And again, he's incredibly well-rounded. You know, I would argue you could make the argument that he's more well-rounded than Cooper is. Um, maybe doesn't have the upside in terms of the athleticism and some of the like just freaky natural instincts. But like foundationally, he is so good as a scorer, so good as a passer, so, so good as a rebounder, really good timing as a shot blocker. Um, so again, like, is this a situation where you're talking about Duke potentially having the number one player in back-to-back classes? Yeah, that's absolutely on the board. And, you know, it doesn't seem like that's a trajectory that John Shire is going to be falling from anytime soon. Well, we're certainly going to be following your work all throughout. Good coverage coming. Basketball season is back. We'll be able to increase kind of our visits uh, here on the program itself, and that's something that I'm certainly excited about. Thank you for taking time to join us on the podcast here today, Brendan. Have a little bit of fun, but not too much fun, because I know the cameras, the camera crazies are going to be breathing down your neck a little bit later tonight, man. Breathing, sweating, <laughs> getting paint chipped on me. I, I, I missed it. I missed it. <laughs> You're back, man. Thanks Glad for being back. here today. Thanks for having me, JJ. Appreciate All it. All right. That's Brendan Marks of The Athletic joining us here on the show. Follow his work. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be able to recap it coming up on Monday. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks so much for your support. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and Good day.